Welcome back to another exciting episode of Die Hard Minute, where every day, Monday through Friday, Movies by Minute hosts talk about one minute of the greatest movie ever made. I don't know, whatever you want to say about this, it's great. The 1988 John McTiernan directed movie, Die Hard. I am John Parker of Batman 89. Uh, I am Niall McGowan, also of Batman 89 from Whence We Hail. Ah, who'd have thought that? Both of us together. And we actually got the intro right. (laughs) Finally, we know what we are hosting. First time for everything, I guess. uh... (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, welcome back on this uh, Friday. I believe it is Friday. I may have to edit this bit out. (laughs) Gotta get down on Friday. Oh, yeah. Gotta get down on Friday. I'm bringing it back. It's been, what, like seven years, but I'm bringing it back, baby. (laughs) Party and party (laughs) and... Anyway, yes, this is Minute 25 of Die Hard. Ooh, it's been a good week, but we are sadly departing, which, which might be a good thing for you. I don't know. Yeah. You might hate us. You're gonna just hear Screw the, you! You can hear the entire audience going, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yes, Minute 25 starts with John McClane, Staircase King, and it ends with the King of Cool calling for calm. Mm. Well, that, was, that was well-written introduction there, John. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I have to get it right one time, at least. <laughs> yeah, so I guess we, if you want to just get into where we left off, because it was uh, McLean bolting up the stairs, and now we see his destination is, um, like, was it floor 31? And uh, t- tried to take a peek in there, but no, there's two, there's two guys in there hauling what you know would be the one again at the spoilers for what happens later in the movie but <laughs> it could be something quite significant that they're hauling around oh no i i think though they look like the kind of cases a roadie would be uh pushing around for a band <laughs> so i think they're just going to set up for like a sweet gig yeah it would be great if it turned out that there actually was like van halen or someone was actually elsewhere in the building waiting <laughs> waiting to set up for like oh no this is takagi's like no you do all the fussy stuff like the you play your Beethoven and whatnot first, and then when the stiffs leave, you can get down to the real Christmas party. <laughs> and bring in my, me and my mates, my mates Dave and Eddie are gonna come in and rock out in a couple of tunes here. <laughs> I love that idea because I was thinking kind of like uh, maybe Gruber is actually his plan is that like he wants to get his band heard mm. because he's trying <laughs> to get the band out there. Nobody's picking up the tapes. So he's like, right, I'm going to force you to listen to this thing. <laughs> you do realize what you're describing is the entire plot line of Airheads, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> so basically, this is Airheads. Yeah. It's, it's in the Airheads cinematic universe. Yeah, so like Brendan Fraser is Hans. Uh, Adam Sandler is, I guess, Carl. <laughs> Basimi's one of the other ones. I know Marco. There you go. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to remake this movie with with the any of those people. No, no it's <laughs> well, already been done. It's, it exists. Oh, jeez, jeez, no, no, no. Let's move on. So John running up these stairs. He's he's on a mission. He's going for that fast. You know, he spots these terrorists. He's realizing it's more of a problem even than he initially thought. I think here. Mm. To consider how much of the, did a peak the McLean get in the last minute? Because I suppose like, you hear machine guns. And a lot of like, ah, you're going to assume there's a few people have arrived in. But uh, yeah, the fact is now he's got like up above, uh, up above him. This guy's now on multiple floors. So that's like, it's a, it's a real cause for concern. I was wondering if um, they deliberately chose 
floor 31 because like oh that's an unlucky you're not getting in there because 31 is 13 backwards ah but yeah. and they thought like well 13's a bit on the nose plus it's not as impressively high even though 31 i guess like how many stories is the how many stories is the nakatomi is it 50 uh oh god you're testing me now i'm trying to i'm i think i'm applying the game logic of like yeah it was like 50 <laughs> although there wasn't 50, 50 levels yeah was like, there wasn't 50 levels but like there was enough <laughs> i think there might have been well, like 10 levels and then they just had to double up like oh it goes two floors at a time or whatever you know so the nakatomi plaza is 35 stories oh so oh he's so right is... here he's right near the top then so that's yeah yeah, yeah totally he's, i guess that makes sense because it's the construction level but you know <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, maybe they're adding. Are they adding more levels to it, or are they just sort of in the middle of finishing it, or are they renovating it? I was unsure about that. I guess maybe it's uh, it's just built it literally from the ground up. So what we get in the next little bit is uh, you know the the last you know things that they had to do was this top floor because he's you know literally got he got his lobby sorted and then they got you know they've done it a level at a time. It would seem that the yeah yeah. Well, I love the way as well, obviously, he spots trouble, as we said. So he so he moves further up the building to try and get away from them. Yeah. And I thought that was quite a nice detail because other action stars, including Bruce now, would probably just attack these guys, take them out. Yeah. But this is a lot more realistic because although I think in total, is it 13 terrorists or something? Yeah, yeah. It's not I mean, in real life, 13 versus one, they're not good odds. Mm. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> Although, like, again, because I had to... For research, research purposes, I had to rewatch Dawn of Justice, Batman versus Superman the other day. And I was just like, Batman would take out 13 of these guys, no problem. <laughs> you take it out, like, that would be his first move, would take would take out 13 of them, you know? <laughs> and then he had to take out, like, another 25 after that. But, then, well, in that film, at least, and all the, the Batman we're doing, 13, yeah, probably might be a bit of a... It would, it would get through them, but it would take them a while, you know? <laughs> They'd probably blow them up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they do that. Oh, wait, no, we're not at that stage yet. No. Oh, we will be probably by the time this is released. Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. This will be... It's, it's coming up. You'd be, you'd be surprised how fast these things are coming up. But uh... Anywho. We cut to the Nakatomi partygoers, or, or former partygoers, because this ain't a party no more. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> I like how much you you loved that. That was my favorite thing. That's definitely staying in. <laughs> but um, yeah, because we still get this. You know, get, unless the, the, these guys are like the worst strippers around. I suppose everyone's kind of copped on now. They're like, oh, this is a bit of trouble because everyone's screaming. But it would be great if there was like one woman standing there. It's like I've been to a party before. I know these guys, that guy, that hot blonde in the back with the long flowing hair, he's going to rip off his trousers any second now. Just you wait. <laughs> and, but, and, I'm not sure I want that visual of it. Uh, you, you'll thank me later, John. But, <laughs> well, are there any sexy guys in this? You know, I mean, some of the, the nice long-haired Germans. Yeah, you could, you could do a lot worse than... Alan Rickman, let me tell you. But uh, well, I thought some of them had a bit of a Fabio vibe going on. You know, if that's your type of thing. Oh yeah, for sure. I think we talked about that, and because um, we had, uh, I can't remember. We did actually. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm forgetting my own words. God damn it! I'm pretty sure I said it. It was only two days ago, John. Or th- yeah, was it th- no, it was yesterday. Oh god. Ah <laughs> oh, jeez. But um, yeah. Then we get the. I do love this. This because uh, we get a reintroduction to Ellis. The the man everyone loves to hate, and he's he's completely like out of his element here. Like you know the guy 
stark contrast from when we last saw him because he was so cocksure and so smug and he was just I know what I'm doing me 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 and he was just swaggering around over over John and now it's like he's just completely falling apart and just having a proper like little mini panic attack and then even better than behind you know beside him is that you get uh, Takagi, who's just kind of keeping it cool and calm, and then Holly behind him, who's just probably rolling her eyes at Ellis because of how much she's freaking out. <laughs> it's just like... Yeah, I love I love their reactions there, because they're so calm in contrast. Mm, mm. When, when you know, he thought he was cock of the walk not long ago, uh, and he will do again later, spoilers, he switches right back when the situation suits. But Holly and Takagi, they're, they're being smart here. Mm. They're trying to keep it cool. <laughs> but, uh, you know, let, let, me, let me tell you, this Ellis is cock of nothing, John. <laughs> I will say, though, that a little tidbit that I thought, because, you know, I'll tie, we'll, we'll talk a lot more about uh, Ellis and Hart Bachner the next time we're on the show, because maybe we'll have a big scene involving him oh, that, we, oh. that we might have to cover, but I'll never tell. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> oh my god what is happening at the end of this week jesus but there is another little tidbit though that i thought kind of ties into our own podcast because uh hart bachner was in terror train with jamie lee curtis which is an old that's an old schlocky you know horror thing it's nothing to go out of your way for but it does also feature uh in the cast vanity the singer, the lead ah. singer from Vanity Six, who of course was a protege of Prince. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that obviously tie right straight back in the Batman, nineteen eighty nine, in a big bad way. Although um, most people would know Vanity Six, I think, from Beverly Hills Cop because it has that. Uh, oh yeah, 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 nasty girl like in the strip club scene. You hear in the background, it's like. Beep, beep. Do you think I'm a nasty girl? And <laughs> that's that's vanity. Anyone who's like, oh, I, I, I instantly know who that is now. But uh, oh, of course, from that excellent rendition. Mm. Oh, tragically, she well, she died like like a month or two before Prince, didn't she? Like it was very eerily, yeah, eerily yeah, very close cool. in time. It was quite weird in that way. Not that I'm saying that there was something untoward happening, that like someone was taking out all the uh, the Paisley Park crew or something. <laughs> oh my God, maybe we are onto a conspiracy theory. Yeah. On the air, we are announcing that we are onto you, whoever you are. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say that. We're going to get taken out next. <laughs> Insert gun sound. <laughs> oh, you know, you, you're, edit, you're editing. You, you do it. <laughs> but... um. Have you got anything? Anything else? You you have any notes on Ellis before we uh, before we tear on? No, no, not really. Um, you, I think you've said the only thing <laughs> that I that I would know. Hmm. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> well, we we cut to John again as he uh, he's gone further up than we realised, and he's uh, you know on that unfinished floor that we mentioned before. And there's like plans and all sorts of things sitting around. Yeah, I do love the the visual. Because of all the scaffolding, it looks like a bamboo forest or something. It just like it looks very. It's a very striking visual. Just all the you know, the metal metal rods holding everything up and whatnot. But uh, are you trying to make this a Vietnam connection? I wasn't actually. <laughs> <Not> a, <laughs> Every damn action movie needs a Vietnam. Connection. I had I had not actually, but um, 
Well, there already is a Vietnam connection because, as we've said in the prequel comic, wasn't he? He also was in Nam. Yeah, yeah. I think we can get on to uh, something else about that in a, in a little minute. But no, because I was thinking more like, you know, because he's in the forest and it's like, oh, it's like a fairy tale or something like that because this is him now entering into the danger zone, essentially. Oh. But, um, and then like, much like a fairy tale and you go into the forest and danger is afoot. And, but I, guess, I think the Vietnam thing actually might be more what they might have been actually going for. But uh, if they were going for well, anything. you never know. That's the thing. It could, It very well could just be coincidence you know i mean it might not a lot of action movies did make a kind of vietnam parallel but i don't really get that vibe from this i mean maybe maybe just a quick visual they thought oh that'll be fun Mm. well not fun but yeah (laughs) (laughs) well i thought it was a bit strange as well as i say there's plans and all sorts of things just sitting around but there just happens to be a very random phone Mm. there Mm. which i I didn't really understand why that was there. maybe just the the foreman needs it because John checks that phone like he's checked others before or checked his before. And uh, yeah, it's down. So now he knows, oh, all the communications are out. It's not just that phone I was on. It's not just the floor. Mm-hmm. All of them. You ain't going nowhere, McLean. <laughs> <laughs> There's one thing I also noticed, though. Um, this is my first time ever noticing this is that the vest is tucked in to the trousers. Which, ah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was a bit odd. I was like, I don't know. no, you've got to tuck it in. I've never like if you're like yeah, if you're like had your outer shirt on on top of it, but if you're just knocking back in the uh, you know at ease, just let it hang. You know what, what are you doing? Nah, I'm a tucker in it. Oh. Especially especially if you've got a belt on. Oh, no, 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 no. This it this because the belt rubs on you. Oh, no, nah, you need that. You need it. To. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I can't do. I mean, I'll, yeah, again, as I said, I'll do it when it's. Uh, I wouldn't like tr- try to you know defy quantum mechanics and you know try to put a dress shirt tucked in the trousers on top of an untucked in vest. Oh my but, god! Because that would just that'd be crazy. You're committing a sartorial crime. That's a nice supposed to be like this was him when he was supposed to be relaxing. It's like ah, oh, hang man, just let you know the uh, loose and lazy, if you will. But uh, uh, I'm I'm with him. I mean, he's plus he's not in full relaxation mode. He does still have his uh, his trousers on, his dress pants. I think that's more like just. Uh, I don't think he just has pajamas to hand. Is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think you you tend to take them to an office Christmas party. Yeah, yeah. Although it would be like even more interesting film if he had just had like his boxers on, or even like his his jockeys <laughs> or something. It's just like. But then there's always the danger something might pop out. Yeah. Oh, they, I mean, nobody they, wants that. Sorry. But, but, even but, Bruce lovers. Well, even more tension in the film there, though, because it's like, oh, my God, it's going <laughs> to happen any second now. What do you see? Will the support hold? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, as you say, like he has, um, he goes over and he got these plans here and you got someone's left a flask there. Hoping it's empty because it'd be, you know, unless I've just left a, let's say, flask. It's like a thermos or mm. whatever you call it. Well, hoping. it depends, though, when the build is finished. Because I make my thermos for work at exactly 7.40, right? Is there, and is, I, is there, is there a reason for that? Or? Uh, well, it just it works out time-wise. If I make it then, well, I can brew, brew the coffee, you know, plunge it, get it in the, the flask and everything, all in good time for me to leave for work. Um, but then I can still drink it when I have like a, a late afternoon break at 3.30. It's still hot. 
So, yeah, exactly. Depends when he made this. That There might be some good coffee in there. <laughs> this guy has got like some kind of super thermos. <laughs> it's like he's finished two days ago. He comes back, still hot, baby. I guess. <laughs> and then they got the guy with the other thermos next to him. It's this really cheap knockoff. He's like, no, mine's really cold now. <laughs> it's not even really cold. It's just room temperature. It's like, oh, God. No, that's the worst. I'd, I'd rather it be cold. <laughs> well, what, what, less what, what, you got something against your your work coffee is that what, what's happened there what what do you mean i mean like if you bring your own coffee is it because like you can't get coffee at work like they're like or is it that you refuse oh. to, to drink it so what's up no I, I work for the national health service there's no money for coffee oh. they don't they don't give you anything <laughs> I was saying like, not even like a uh, Cart Noir or a Nescafe but it's just like oh no 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 you're lucky to get a pen <laughs> <laughs> here's though is another thing that like as we're saying you know we've alluded to in the past of uh, hints at McLean's military service and uh, so we had to think about the watch and, 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 and you know just talking about Vietnam there in the prequel comic all that and then I've noted here like it's a thing I never really picked up on like, he always kind of casually noticed it in the film, but never really scrutinized it. Is that he's John McClane has a tattoo. And it's. Uh, yes. Yeah. I, I'd never really noticed it before either. Yeah. And I've kind of like. I've looked into it because I was like, oh, well, maybe Bruce Willis just has a tattoo. And he does, but it's not that tattoo. He, like, that one's been etched on for this film. And then again, they did um, like a, a more faded version for Die Hard with a Vengeance. But the thing is, even that, though, you still can't quite get a good... In neither film do you get a really good look at this thing. And he never mentions it. And it's never, like, explained of, like, this is for my mom or something like that, you know? It's... it's. Mm. But um, from researching into it, as far as I can tell, apparently it seems to be that it's a skull with a top hat and was either a bouquet of roses or, like, a flaming cigar in its teeth. Ah, okay. Because I'm going to take a guess and say it's maybe like a a logo for his unit in the in the Marines or something. Yeah, yeah. I've seen some people write up that I think they've misinterpreted what the tattoo is because they're saying it has like a a never quit logo underneath it and all this thing, which apparently is mm. a, a, a naval thing. But uh, that's oh, right. like I've looked at like, I've looked scrutinized what blurry pictures you can get of that tattoo. And it doesn't have any banner underneath it. It's it's entirely this skull. But yeah, a lot of people have just like, oh, this yeah, it's a it's a yeah, it'll be a unit tattoo. It'll be like the you know the we call it the flying hellfish, like that kind of thing, like yeah. a, a, a symbol of unity for his units or whatever. And um, yeah, it kind of suits what do you imagine like a young McLean's personality would have been like. You know, he would have been now. He's a bit more. He's still he's he's still a party man at heart because he's you know he likes to. No, in the later film, he still likes to drink, and you know his marriage is on the rocks probably because of his rambunctious personality and whatnot. But like you can imagine, old school McLean is probably a bit of a hellraiser. Like he's oh yeah, he would have been the kind of guy who's like oh you know a skull skull with a top hat, man, it's cool, you know that kind of attitude. <laughs> yeah, I thought he'd be the kind of guy. I haven't read the prequel comic yet. Let me say so it could be completely different. But I would think maybe he's the kind of guy who joined the military. Not necessarily because he thought, oh, this will be a good career, but because it was like his only option. It was his only way out of whatever trouble he was in. Yeah, kind of thing. yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, like, obviously he had, well, never hear, like, you hear he's had, like, 
you know, been told off by his teachers in school and stuff. It's never to the extent of like, oh, I got my ass, you know, thrown out. But I don't think it would have been that bad because I don't think you can get expelled and then become a police lieutenant. I think you at least have to have had some degree of secondary school education to, to make it to be a detective, know. you know. But back, back in the old days, you know, it could have been. You did, you know, people could. didn't care so much about education. They, they could teach you on the job and you could be good at your job without necessarily like these days. You need about 20 degrees just to be, a, you know, an admin mm. guy in the <laughs> office. I guess maybe it's uh it could have been as well that he's, you know, if he had trouble in school, maybe he didn't get, maybe he didn't get kicked out, but he just never got good grades. But then going into the army is like, that's, that's all he's got, you know? And maybe he's an old, he had, you know, a harsh red foreman in that 70 show-esque old man who's like trying to toughen him up and or get him to fly straight and all that sort of stuff. And this then, sounds exactly like my dad's life. <laughs> <laughs> so. But then, yeah, so he got, you know, McLean got shipped off to the army and he, you know, he's uh, potentially during Vietnam. Oh, no, it would have been, would it have been during Vietnam, though? Because it's what, because the guy's what, like 34 in Vietnam. Yeah, Vien- and this is 88. Yeah, Vietnam started, like, I think you underestimate how long it went on for, actually. So, like, ones that, like, even, like, late 70s. Yeah, yeah. Well, hang on. I'll get you the exact dates of the Vietnam War. It was 1955 to 1975. I don't know if I still... Yeah, maybe. Like, if he was there, he would have been, like, at the tail end. Because I think, like, this is... Yeah, yeah. yeah But he'd be, like, uh, you know, he'd be a young young guy who's probably, yeah, had to join the military. He might have even been called up in the draft, because didn't you have to go to Vietnam? Yeah, well, I guess, well, actually, maybe it probably would work out, because it's 88, 75, it's only 13 years. He's like 34-odd. Yeah, he probably, yeah, he could have been yeah. there for a couple of years. Because remember, yeah. this is a time where it was fine to just send 18-year-olds. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, it still is, <laughs> to some people. Well, that's the thing, like, I was thinking there's a... There's an ad currently. Well, any ad you get now to, like, advertise, like, join, join the military, because it's always this sort of thing of, like... Can you st- withstand this? And it'd be like people in the pouring rain getting kicked in the face and running through horrible woodland and having to carry big heavy machinery. And they're kind of like, oh, could you do this? Then you might be right for the army. And I'm like, no, I couldn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think geeky introverts are uh, who that ad was designed for. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe a, a different type of person. Mm-hmm. But though, like, again, that kind of... I can imagine McLean been the type of guy though who would have been like, yeah, I went, to, I made lifelong friends in the in the service, and yeah, yeah, and that's why exactly, we yeah. all got this tattoo. So we're bringing it back to the tattoo. There you go. But uh, back in the minute, um, you see John here. He tells himself to think, think. He doesn't know what to do. He's panicking. Well, not panicking, but it's his version of panicking. He's trying to figure out what he needs to do. So he looks over to the opposite building, and he sees a woman on the phone. So is his idea going to be get her attention and she can call the police? Yeah. Because if so, that's a good plan. Mm. I just also noted, though, it seems to be another, much like last minute, it's like another needless shot of like, eh, you got to get a bit of a, like a half naked woman in there. Just, you know, <laughs> just, just, just for the, just for the kids, you know, <laughs> the kids at home. <laughs> for the, for the kids. <laughs> or just the, the dads, you know, they're. Well, it made me think of friends with that guy on the opposite building who's naked. Oh, yeah. Ugly naked guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although she's not an ugly naked guy. Mm. <laughs> but, you know, I think it was the same kind of deal. But something, though, this is like McLean's like, oh, think, think. And he just sees this and he just ends up transfixed by this woman for like 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, uh... 
And just like modern audiences are like, that John McClane's a real sleazeball. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> well, I mean, you shut your curtains. I guess, though, he's what, like 30, we're saying like 33 or 34 feet up now, or 32 at least. So I guess maybe they're going to 32 floors up in an apartment building when you're next to an office building. That's shut, I shut don't know. at night. I'd feel weird. I'd feel weird no matter what. That, they always do this in movies and things where they have like, not so much here, but they have like a whole glass, like penthouse. Mm. And you can see through from every angle. Yeah. But somehow it's meant to be okay because, yeah, it's like 40 stories up. No, that's not okay. <laughs> Someone's going to see you. Come on. It's also kind of rubbing it in his face as well. It's like, well, you can't use the phone, mm. but she's on the phone <laughs> having a pointless conversation. It looks like just chilling out, you know, relaxing. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but I'm sure, like, the people in the next few weeks will uh, will cover exactly, you know, what, what's, what the outcome of this is. Because I believe this is the last we see of McLean. For our week, isn't it, this uh, this little bit? It is, indeed, because we, uh, we cut back to Gruber and co, and he appears ready to make a speech. He's got a book in hand. Yeah. Although something tells me that this is not the good book. That's what I was wondering is exactly, exactly what is this? Because it's like, does he not trust himself to remember what he's going to say? Is it that he's, you know, does he know how many people are supposed to be there? So he's like checking that everyone's here. In case there's stragglers, and then because obviously McLean wasn't supposed to be there, so he would be a proper. That's how he becomes such a fly in the ointment. It's like that's an unanticipated extra person is here, and uh, or is it like could be? You know, is, is there something else? He because we know he's you know spo- against spoilers for you know things that happen in the, the upcoming minutes, but then when he's trying to find Takagi, he comes out with this whole. Graduated from and father of five, and it's just like, is it, does he have all that written down? Because he's like, I'm not going to, re- I'm not going to remember that. I'm going to need to remind. <laughs> so I look really cool when I just know everything, but I haven't a clue what it is. <laughs> well, it could be that. Like, I mean, it's a lot to remember. To be fair, yeah. plus, you know, I mean, his English seems impeccable. Strange that. Mm. He's not English. <clears throat> um, so, I mean, maybe the character, he doesn't seem like this sort, but maybe he needs a little refresher on some of the English. Yeah, could be, could be. He's, he seems pretty fluent, to be honest, as a character. Obviously, we know the actor is. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm enjoying in the backdrop here, because we get, you know, again, showing this, these these two guys, like, um, you know, Hans and the obviously pristine suit and looking very calm and collected. And then Carl... But it's still insanely baggy shirt he's got on, you know, sleeves rolled up, leaning against the wall, you know, just looking angry, just looking furious at the crowd here. <laughs> and uh, there's another fellow behind, behind Hans who, I mean, look, he seems to be pointing. I'm sure he's supposed to be pointing it past him to yeah. like someone in the crowd, but it looks like he's just pointing the gun at Hans. So it's a bit like, is this guy like? Briefly thinking, this is my moment. This I could have a coup. I could take over the Nakatomi Plaza. Oh, that would be something to see. Yeah, then, uh, <laughs> it would have been like a, just another uh, another needless twist that would have actually ruined the film. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, you're trying to think of the the relationship between Hans and Carl because it looks you know, Carl just seems just generally impatient and he's. Again, he's glaring at Hans here. Like the thing is, he's glaring at Hans at one point. So it just seems like it's the whole thing seems to be more like, oh come on, this, you know, this, he knows now he's going to have to do a whole spiel, and 
I think he's more used to like as we've seen in you know previous minutes where he's just like there's an intricate thing to get you know make sure the alarms don't go off or whatever and he just comes in with a chainsaw and he's just like just what just get out get it over with just go and do the thing now yeah they're quite a diverse group of people I've, I've said that before but we've seen throughout the minutes also in personality like they're very different and you can tell that even though they've well they have they even spoken they've barely uttered a word yeah, yeah. but anywho the people are still freaking out here as i imagine that you would you know so the terrorists shoot a few shots up in the air to shut them mm. up. But I that would probably make me worse. <laughs> like, I know they're trying to scare them, but I'd be freaking out big time. I'd be screaming. I'd be doing a, you know, a, what's his name? Ruby Rod. Ah! <laughs> yeah, it's like any, any like, loud noise. It's just gonna, if you're already, like, and then just adding extra onto it, it's just going to be like, it's, yeah. I get, I get the intent, but I don't think they've thought it mm. through. And then we get, we, we cut out though before we get, we get to Hans's attempt to calm the crowd with the ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, don't go there. Save, save it for the next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, so not, he doesn't raise his voice to them. I guess Hans doesn't. He doesn't raise his voice. That's his whole. That's part of his shtick. Doesn't need to. He's got too much control over the situation, but. That's that makes him a more interesting villain to me. I always like the calm, cool, collected, oh, yeah. almost quiet villain. Well, I say that, but then I also love Masters of the Universe <laughs> with the complete opposite villain. <laughs> but anyway, that's all the notes I've got for it. It's like it's shockingly brief for us. Yeah, what's, I mean, we should we should clearly be going off on more tangents. And uh, so, what are some terrible Bruce Willis movies? <laughs> uh, well, every Bruce Willis film since. Looper. Oh no, no, no! To be fair, Bruce is a weird one because he does the kind of a Kate like he'll go into the wilderness and make but ten terrible things, and then he'll come out with a speck of gold. You know that's yeah, yeah. I think he's one of them who just pretty much signs on for anything that sounds remotely interesting. He probably doesn't even read the script. He just like reads the blurb. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, yeah. That sounds cool. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I have like seen him in interviews where he's been like, you know, when I finish the film. I'm I'm unemployed again. Like I'm 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 looking for a job. Like it's it mm. is just like yeah, I'm just a, a working guy. Well, I I think people are too harsh on actors for their their choice of roles because ultimately, I mean, obviously he's rich, but he want he probably wants to keep working because mm. I mean he's that rich. You need some routine in your life every now and then, I imagine. Mm. So you don't just do your passion projects all the time, all the time, all the time. Do you? you you have like a day job kind of side to acting, especially struggling actors, obviously. You take on roles you might hate. Yeah, Who cares? Yeah. It's a job. Mm. Yeah, I don't like my job. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> oh, one other thing I did have, because uh, when we were talking back, if we go back a bit about the uh, about McLean's tattoo, because I did mention the Bruce Willis. Rewind! Will <laughs> Bruce Willis himself does have some tattoos, and then... Um, I don't think I've ever seen them in a film. They're they're a bit kind of weird. For it's not something I, I can't find any reason why he has them. Like what they mean to him. They're unfortunately placed is one thing that they're like they're on his shoulder, but they're at the front. There's one wow. on one shoulder that's like a dragon flapping its wings, and then on the like the adjacent the other side. There's like a a group of like little sort of cherub looking angels with swords and stuff fluttering in there the and it look like they're having a bit of a, a bit of a scrap or something. And it is a bit like ah. <laughs> it's 
Again, like, I, I don't know Bruce Willis, so this could be par for the course with him. But uh, mm. I can understand why they've, like, every film he's been in, none of them have felt the need for, oh, yeah, show off his actual tattoos. It's always been like, <laughs> no, no, no. Cover get, it. Yeah, get them covered up. You know? <laughs> Do you know in your research if you got them after Die Hard? Or have they covered them up here? Because I don't think tattoo-covering makeup was uh, probably as good back then. Especially um, on, on this movie. It hasn't got the biggest budget in the world. No, from the, the research, does not the, the, the sites I've looked at have not indicated... Because they don't know. They're, they're very themselves. Like The pictures of them are all kind of like paparazzi ones. Because I'm guessing mm. you don't get Bruce Willis with a shirt off just sitting in an interview... And in films, he has it, you know, he'd have them covered up. So in order to get them, you'd have to get like a pap shot of them at the beach or something like that. So what you're asking me to do is seduce Bruce Willis. Yes. <laughs> and, and you'll wait at the window with a camera. Okay. Okay. I'm game. Oh, no. You could not even, I don't even have to get involved. Like we've got a bit of a break now until we're back to host a few more episodes. In that time, you have to go and seduce Bruce Willis and get the backstory behind those tattoos and then come back here. Okay. And that, that'll be episode one of our next stint, okay? Okay, I think it can be done. I, I can pull that off. Mm. All right, well. I'll give, him, I'll give him a little bit of the, you know, the John Charm, bit of a wiggle. <laughs> I was going to uh, do the Jason Derulo. Is it Jason Derulo? The wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. But, like, that, that that's dated already. That song was only big, like, two years ago. Now it's like, oh, my God, get over it, granddad, you know? I like the way you say two years ago. It probably was longer, wasn't it? Like, probably, probably, it's probably like five, eight. yeah, something like that. Yeah, but, ah, anyway. <laughs> but sadly, that's all from us for now. Oh, you're just about to get to a very exciting minute, so make sure you tune in next week because Hans Gruber is going to go Hans Gruber. He's going to full-on be the character you know and love. So if you have not had enough of us in this week, we've been guest hosting the show, then make sure to check us out. We are from Bat Minute 89, and we go through Tim Burton's Batman one minute at a time. And then we're going to do the sequels as well, you know. And you can find us on Facebook at Bat Minute 89 or join our Bat Minute 89 Listeners Society. We're also on Twitter at Bat Minute 89. And you can tweet this show at Die Hard Minute. There's a Facebook page or group. It's Die Hard with a podcast listener's limo. And there's also the website, diehardminute.com. So there's lots of choices to you for you to get your Die Hard fix. And if you'd like to catch up with other Movies by Minutes podcasts, all the vast array of wonders, then visit moviesbyminute.com for more information. Make sure to be back here on Monday when you will have new guest hosts for more exciting action and lots of Hans Gruber on the Die Hard Minute. Tell me you got that. I got it, I got it. Hit your heart on Channel 5.